Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the KettleCast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we'll be talking about the Hawks dominating 121-106 to win over the Sacramento Kings. After a rough first quarter, the second unit is able to spark the Hawks and lead to a dominating win in Atlanta. Without further ado, let's get into it. The Hawks came into Saturday night on a three-game winning streak, and my only real complaint with the Hawks' play over that time was that all of those wins came on fourth-quarter comebacks. The Hawks were always having to dig themselves out of a hole, and that culminated with them coming all the way back against the Toronto Raptors in Tampa and Tony Snell hitting a dramatic three-pointer as time expired to get the win in Tampa. It was great to finally string together some wins to have a winning streak, but What I'm looking for the Hawks to do now is to dominate games from the start to finish and not have to sweat out any games in the fourth quarter. And that's exactly what the Hawks did in this game against the Kings. The Kings came out and had a really nice first quarter. They especially dominated the paint. They out-rebounded the Hawks in the first quarter 16-10. And seven of those 16 rebounds were offensive rebounds, um, which turned into 11 second-chance points. And Sacramento led after one quarter 33-22. After the game, uh, Coach Nate McMillan said that the 30-point quarters, giving up over 30 points, 30 or more points in a quarter, is just unacceptable. And the Hawks did that in the first and third quarters. They allowed the Kings to score that many points. But that first quarter, the Hawks just couldn't score. They were getting good looks. Um, I wonder where the Hawks would have been without Clint Capella, who scored about 10 of the Hawks' first 14 points and really kept them in the game. Trey Young in particular was able to find Clint everywhere and Clint was getting some dunks but the Kings were just able to get good shots and if they didn't hit their first shot they were getting a rebound and having it put back up they had three scorers have eight points in that first quarter uh Bagley Rashawn Holmes and De'Aaron Fox all had eight points for the Kings in that first quarter and being down 11 after one it was just like come on Hawks y'all have this nice three-game winning streak and then you're going to let the Kings come in and get a win at home and just kind of ru- not ruin all that, but I'll give up that three-game winning streak um, and not really put up a fight. But the second unit, in particular, Rajon Rondo came in, and they just there was a huge difference. The game swung. There was a 24-2 to run by the Hawks at uh, one point. The Hawks entered the second quarter. They tied the game at 33 uh, within the first two minutes of the second quarter, and it was all Hawks the rest of the way. I cannot emphasize enough how much that second unit came in and just really steadied the Hawks. Um, the Kings' second unit couldn't do anything, and the Hawks went to a zone, which a zone is not normally what you go to to start securing rebounds, but the Hawks did a much better job of keeping the Kings off the glass, limiting those second-chance points. And then Rajon Rondo came in and had all of his 10 points in that second quarter and that really just helped the Hawks uh, to this huge 39 point second quarter where they outscored the uh, Sacramento Kings by 21 points it was just a huge quarter really changed the game and ultimately provided the cushion that let the Hawks kind of cruise the rest of the way ultimately the Hawks would get that 121 to 106 victory they were able to build the lead up to all the way up to 23 points at different points in the game Um, But the the Kings would come back, as is to happen in NBA games. The Kings slowly chipped away, and in the fourth quarter, the Kings were able to get the 
lead under 10 by going to a hack of a Capella um, strategy. Capella has not been a good free throw shooter, um, and he was 4 of 10 tonight. He had a wonderful game otherwise. He was 10 of 12 from the field, but those had 14 rebounds, 6 of them offensive, had 2 blocks. But the hack of a Capella did get the Hawks to pull Capella off the court. Um, they did it three times. Capella made two out of the six free throws, and after Capella missed two free throws in a row, Nate McMillan finally pulled Capella and put Gallinari in. Um, and then the Hawks were able to finally push the lead back up to double digits, and with about a minute to go, the Kings pulled all their starters, put in the bench, and the Hawks re responded in kind. But um, it was a little bit disappointing to see Capella go up there and not be able to hit the free throws. It was nice for him to go one of two for the first two times. But having to pull Capella, Nate McMillan said he likes keeping Capella on the court. He thought, you know, teams are going to do this because they want to get Capella off the court because of all he does defensively. And so it's nice to be able to bring in Gallinari. And Gallinari was part of a big run in the third quarter where the Hawks had their starters in except for Gallinari was in for Capella. And they were just rolling. Um, Gallinari was hitting threes. Trey Young had a huge three-quarter and hit a bunch of threes. Um, it was just a really good unit, but to see Trey, uh, Clint Capella have to be pulled late because of his free-throw shooting was pretty rough. Um, ultimately, though, the Hawks held on, and it never really got closer than that nine, those nine points. And, uh, again, it was just something I had been looking for is that the Hawks have a game where they win without any sort of um, struggles in the fourth quarter or having to come back, and that's what they did. Um, some of the strong performances from the Hawks, again, it starts with Clint Capella, 24 points and 14 rebounds, just a monster night from Capella. He really kept the Hawks in the game in the first quarter, and he's just been so consistent. I think one notable thing about this entire game is no Hawk player had to play over 32 minutes because of how well the bench played and the lead they were able to build. There was just no reason for the starters to have to play extended minutes, which was great considering they have a game today against the Cleveland Cavaliers and so the Hawks were able to kind of rest some of their guys Trey Young had a nice game 28 points nine assists he would have had 10 assists Clint Capella uh, missed a dunk and got his own rebound and made the dunk but Trey Young threw some just awesome passes was looking ahead um, the Hawks were able to get a couple of like run out easy buckets after the Kings had store scored that you don't normally see the Hawks take advantage of so it's nice to see Trey get back into his shooting ways as well. He was 5 of 10 from three-point land um, and 5 of 7 from the free-throw line. Those nine assists, he had one steal and only four turnovers. I thought it was a really nice performance from Trey. John Collins was solid, 4 of 9 from the field. He got to the free-throw line 10 times, which is just so great to see. You know, one of my things about John Collins is he doesn't get to the free-throw line, and to see him get there 10 times, make eight of those, and have 16 points on just 4 of 9 shooting is, is great. Um, he added five rebounds to that. Kevin Herter had a little bit of a quieter game than usual. He was three of seven, two of five from three-point land. His two threes came back-to-back -back in the second quarter and was part of that big run that helped build the huge lead for the Hawks. He did have six assists. Most of them were to John Collins. He seems to have a little bit of chemistry with JC, and he had one awesome alley-oop to John Collins, and he just is always looking for the big man down low, especially on uh, mismatches. They're able to have a little screen and roll game between John Collins and Kevin Herter, and I think uh, Herter is just a good enough passer to be able to take advantage of the mismatches that the, that action creates. Tony Snell, after hitting the game-winning three, didn't take any threes. 
against the Kings, but he was three of three from the field, and he finally got to the free throw line. It was pretty hilarious. Uh, a lot of Hawks fans and NBA fans have been following Tony Snell because he set a record for the most minutes played to start a season without getting to the free throw line, and he finally got to the free throw line against the Kings. Um, and it was pretty funny. The Kings were kind of coming back. This They were down 12, and um, it was at the end of a shot clock. The Hawks got the ball to Tony Snell, and De'Aaron Fox just kind of wildly went out to try to block Snell's shot, and he fouled Tony Snell. And so everybody's going crazy that Tony Snell's finally get to the free throw line, and Luke Walton challenges the call. So it's like, oh, we thought we were getting free throws, and we might not, but ultimately he got to take those free throws, and he made them. Um, and he was, Tony Snell was a hundred percent on his free throws last season. He only took 32 and now he's two of two to start his Hawks career. So 34 in a row, but, um, really nice little performance from Tony Snell. He was driving a lot more and, uh, hitting shots at the end of the shot clock. Um, the bench again was just huge for the Hawks. The Hawks bench outscored Sacramento 37 to 21. A big part of that was Danilo Gallinari. He was six of 11 from the field for 15 points. He had one assist, a really nice pass to Aneka Kongwu for a dunk. Um, Bogdanovich, this was Bogdan Bogdanovich's first time playing against the Kings after coming over from Sacramento to Atlanta. And at the end of the game, the fourth quarter in particular, it was pretty clear that the Hawks were trying to get Bogdanovich off and trying to get him some shots. He just couldn't find the range. He was 2 of 12 from the field. He did get two free throws, which was nice. And it was good to see when his three-pointer wasn't falling he was attacking the basket and trying to get points that way. Um, Aneka Kongwu had a nice 10-minute run with the Hawks. He was 2 of 2 from the field for 4 points, had 5 rebounds. And then Rajon Rondo just came in and, like I said, really changed the game in the second quarter. He was 4 of 9 at the end of the game, 2 of 5 from 3. He hit his first two threes. He hit his first four shots. Um, he ended the game with 10 points, 5 rebounds, and just 1 assist. And he really just changed the game again. He was part of the run that took the Hawks all the way back and tied it at 33, that 11-0 run to start the second quarter. And he was just able to get everywhere on the court. He got to the basket. He had a one, this beautiful behind-the-back behind fake pass, then switched to his left hand and make a layup um, under the outstretched arms of Marvin Bagley. It was just a stunning play. And then, like, a couple plays later, he kind of had a similar drive. Looks like he's going to do the same thing. And just an awesome pass to Clint Capella for a jam. But uh, Rajon Rondo really changed the momentum of this game in the second quarter. For the Kings, they got a really nice performance. I thought the best performance was uh, De'Aaron Fox. He was 11 of 24, 2 of 10 from three-point land. Ended the game with 32 points, 7 rebounds, and 6 assists. It felt like he had 7 rebounds and 6 assists in that first quarter. And then the Kings just really weren't able to get anything going after that. Um, Buddy healed his backcourt mate, which is 4 of 16 from the field, 2 of 11 from 3 for 10 points. Um, that backcourt of Fox and Heald was 4 of 21 from 3-point land. It just wasn't working from 3. And uh, it just the Hawks did a nice job of like kind of contesting all the 3-pointers that the Kings had, but it was just a poor shooting night from that backcourt. Rashad Holmes had a wonderful game, the center for the Kings. He was 9 of 15, 2 of 3 from the free throw line for 20 points. He had 12 rebounds. Five of those were offensive and one block. But um, he was kind of the the other good performance for the Kings other than De'Aaron Fox. 
Um, also, this was a Hawks' first time seeing Ty- uh, yeah, Tyrese Halliburton, um, who was selected number 12 overall, a guy that a lot of people had the Hawks maybe taking. Um, but he was 3 of 10 from the field, 2 of 6 from 3. He did hit like two threes back-to-back when the Kings were making a little run in that fourth quarter but ultimately ended with three rebounds and four assists, and he never really got going. He has such a funky shot that if it's not falling, it looks really weird, and it's like, okay, this guy can't shoot, but he's a much better shooter than what he showed um, Saturday night in Atlanta. But really good win from the Hawks, one where they got down early. They were down as many as 14 points in that first quarter, and for the second unit to come in and really uh, stabilize the Hawks, which is really gratifying to see, so... Just a wonderful game, domination from the Hawks, and one they needed to kind of win early and get get rested for the Cleveland Cavaliers game. And hopefully they're able to carry some momentum in against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Much like the Kings, the Cavs have given the Hawks a lot of trouble. The Kings came into Atlanta on a four-game winning streak against the Hawks, and the Cavs seem to have the similar uh, ability to just kind of frustrate the Hawks and get wins. So, Um, Hopefully the Hawks take the same momentum into their game tonight in Atlanta at the farm against the Cavaliers and can stretch this win streak to five. But that's all we have to talk about this game, and we will talk about the Cavs game tomorrow. Go Hawks! Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. Go Hawks!